0: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. This is your Arkansas at Auburn Primer. We're going to be joined by Nathan King at Auburn, inside the Auburn Tigers and Auburn Undercover. Also, Danny Wessel will join us. We'll talk with some recruiting. We'll talk about this game. And Curtis Wilkerson as well. We'll jump into some basketball recruiting and also talk about the Arkansas-Auburn game. All that and more on All Sports Live. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's a big week, obviously, with Arkansas and Auburn. Before we get started, of course, I got to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up if you haven't done so already, and follow the page if you like the content that we produce. That way, you're notified anytime we upload these new videos or we run these, excuse me, live streams, or anytime we have our free content on the site. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a like on there also, and subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Um, Share the content with somebody you think might like it. If you think you got a friend who might be interested in this kind of content, then be sure to share it with them. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star rating on there and a review if you don't mind. Um, We're almost at 500 ratings, so we'd like to to top that mark by this weekend's game. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Now, we have a special right now. We're just going to run this for probably until Friday night, we'll probably wrap this up. So a 36-hour th- sale here, two months for $1 at hogsports.com. That'll carry you, I guess, what, through football season, right? So you'll be good through football season for $1. For $0.02 cents a day, get your Razorback covers from the number one independent, independent source on Razorback sports and uh, recruiting. So... There's no promo code or anything. Just go to the site, hogsports.com. A lot of people always ask, how do, how do we promote or how do we support this show? How do we support what you're doing? Go sign up for the website. Get something great for free at hogsports.com. And the good thing about that, after the two months are up, you decide you want to keep it, you also get CBS All Access for absolutely free, commercial-free CBS All Access, which is a $99 value. You get that as long as you have the site, which I think that's soon to turn into Paramount. Access, all access, something like that. Anyway, appreciate you guys listening to the spill. So it's an interesting week, obviously. We should probably address the elephant in the room that'll be in Alabama. Not Alabama's elephant, but Chad Morris in Auburn, former coach of the Razorbacks. There's been a little bit of people going at each other. I wouldn't say it's trash talk. Like one of the, the author, Auburn, I think, center said, uh, They're playing for they're playing this game for him for Chad Morris, which I think is great that Chad finally got someone to play for him. Zevion Capers, who was committed to Arkansas under Chad Morris, decommitted under Chad Morris, and then committed to Auburn. While Chad Morris was still gainfully employed at Arkansas, says it's personal. Why is it personal? You committed to Arkansas, you decommitted to Arkansas and Chad Morris, and then you committed to Auburn. I don't understand why that would be personal for you, but okay. Whatever motivates you is fine. Whatever motivates you. It's good to see some motivation surrounding Chad Morris for once. Let's see what Arkansas folks are saying. Sam Pittman says, I'll be honest with you, Trey. It's just another football game to us. We won't mention the fact that Coach Morris was the head coach here. They know it. Some of them probably loved him, and some of them probably didn't. Just like any coach, we're going to take a business approach to it and go out there and try to do our best. And he also goes on to say later, I don't know how Coach Morris would feel about it. You'll have to ask him. I was the O-line coach at Georgia when we played them, so it's not really a big deal. We're just trying to compete to win the football game. Here's what Joe Fouché said. He can game plan, scheme all he wants. Now, first of all, this is interesting because they went against this offense for, in fall camp for two years. They went against Chad Morris's 30% install offense for two years. He can game plan, scheme all he wants. We're getting ready as a defense for whatever they throw at us. Trick plays, anything. It doesn't matter. We're going to be ready as a defense. We're going to be dialed in. We're going to be focused. We're going to be ready for whatever Coach Morris has ready to throw at us. We're going to be all over it. That's all I can say about that. Now, sounds a little extra confident. We'll get into that a little bit about the confidence level and the balance and understanding how to handle a win. As Greg Brooks says, we can't go into it like that. We just have to go out there and read their keys from the last two games and know the plays every single time we're out there. No extra emotions. We're just going to go out there and treat it like it's a regular team, like he's a regular coordinator, and we'll just do our thing. Aaron Cunningham says they're not focused on that right now and just coming out to practice every day to get better. Devion Warren has some positive things to say. Wonderful coach, wonderful guy. Didn't have any problems with him. He had had what was best – in mind for our team, and that's really it. It's just another game. So, a few of the comments from Razorback players on Chad Morris. Now, for me, Arkansas, you beat Mississippi State on the road in the SEC. Now, it feels like a big moment because it's the first win in 17, 20 games. Excuse me. 17 was the last time. First SEC win in 20 games. However, you haven't really done anything, Arkansas. You're still not getting a whole lot of respect, although people have you know, opened their eyes a little bit. But you're supposed to beat Mississippi State most of the time. You used to. There was a time where you won 12 out of 13 games against Mississippi State, and that's a lot of games on the road. So you're supposed to beat teams like Mississippi State. That's what Sam Pittman said. And that's a great point because – I do detect a little bit of a swagger, confidence level with the players. And that's fine. That's great. You want to have confidence, obviously. But you also – this team, I mean, let's be honest, they don't have a lot of experience post-win. Okay, so how do they handle this week? Do they keep their head down? they keep the belief? They can't feel justified by winning at Mississippi State. And I don't think that they will just given everything. You know, they can say what they want about Chad Morris and all this stuff. It doesn't really matter. It's just another coordinator, all that stuff. There's some motivation there, and there's a motivation for what 57 scholarship players that, that played under him last year that are still on the active roster for Arkansas. A lot of them recruited by Chad Morris. I mean, there's got to be there's got to be some level of motivation there. I don't, I don't think that there can't be. So, but what's important is you can't let your Mississippi State win carry over because none of that matters anymore. Can Arkansas handle a win? It's a big question with this one. I think there's some intriguing matchups with this one, particularly in the trenches. Now, when you consider Arkansas's defensive line against Auburn's offensive line, I mean, they lost five seniors off last year's team. Auburn hasn't really recruited particularly well on the offensive line, not like you would think they would being Auburn, being in South Alabama an hour away from the Georgia border. There's so much talent in that region right there. But they've averaged 1.75 offensive line recruits a year from 2016 to 2019. Last year they signed five, freshmen. Why have they only recruited one? And apparently, talking to Nathan King off air, this is like one of the things that's really been frustrating Auburn fans, and Auburn fans are really frustrated. And that is also another thing that you kind of feel, you know, you hear a lot of stuff about stuff going in the locker room at Auburn, you know, a little bit of division, you know, all this kind of stuff. Players talking about transfer. They had a running back transfer. I don't know if that was directly related or not. But on the other side with Arkansas, a lot more positive, a lot of buy-in. That matters, Now, is that something that we just observe as as media or fans, or is it something that's real in the Auburn locker room? Is it the way fans feel about things, or is it the way the players are feeling? Is there something toxic in there? Arkansas, it doesn't seem to be the case. There's certainly a level of confidence over on that side. But this battle in the trenches is going to matter a lot. And when you look at it, Alec Jackson was a defensive lineman who moved to the offensive line in 2019. Mid-range three-star. Tashaun Manning was a mid-range three-star. Defensive tackle out of high school. Nick Brams started five games last year and was highly regarded as the number 160 overall recruit in the nation. Brandon Council is a grad transfer from Akron, who's a three-year starter there, as a a two-star recruit. Brodarius Ham, which if your last name is Ham, you should be a Razorback, first of all. But secondly, this is one of the, uh, to me, one of the more interesting stories in college football. It's a guy who battled cancer as a freshman, I believe, and has kind of just worked his way up the depth chart Uh, and is their starting right tackle. He may be out for this one, though. He is banged up, so it's possible that he misses this one. They've got about seven guys. They're actually rotating players in and out on the offensive line. So an intriguing matchup, especially for Arkansas, if you get Dorian Gerald, Julius Coates back. Matteo Soli was actually banged up a little bit in that game also. But if you get those guys back, because you're going to have to run some four, maybe some bare front uh, down linemen, you're probably going to have to run four or five down linemen a good bit against Auburn. It's not going to be the same three-two-six that you ran last time. Georgia put up 202 rushing yards on 45 carries against Auburn last weekend. Arkansas, on the other hand, allowed 121 yards on 42, uh, on 42 attempts against Georgia. So a little more success on Auburn's side. Auburn only amassed 216 yards. 39 of it came on the ground. Arkansas had 77 rushing yards, which is twice, almost. 78 would be twice, I guess, but almost twice as many rushing yards. That doesn't really mean anything. You get in trouble trying to compare and contrast, things like that. Now, we'll talk to Sam Pittman today, and I think one of the questions I want to ask is just, you know, have you picked the brain of Kirby Smart or anybody on Georgia's staff about Auburn, what they did and what they didn't do, what you wish you would have done differently, things you didn't use or something like that. I'm sure that there's going to be conversations like that, maybe. I mean, it's rare to have a common opponent – with one of your best buddies just two games into the season. So I think that's something interesting to watch. Could be interesting to watch anyway. A lot of intrigue with this one. Now, there's a few games that have moved, guys. Uh, we haven't touched on the Hurricane, and we're going to get to Nathan King here in just a second. But uh, Hurricane Delta and Auburn, it doesn't look like it's going to impact. I, I could see possibly Arkansas's travel back to Fayetteville. Saturday night after the game, maybe that could be impacted. Maybe they'd have to take a different route to get back home. Who knows? But it shouldn't impact them flying out. It's supposed to make landfall Friday morning, I guess. So that shouldn't really impact them. I don't think. I'm not a meteorologist, but I don't think it will, and it shouldn't impact the game because it doesn't look like it's going to hit. Now, things can change, I guess, last minute, but it doesn't look like it's going to hit over in Alabama like it initially thought that it might. So, you could feel some, you know, some rain. It could be damp, all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't look like it's going to impact the Arkansas game. It has impacted a couple of SEC games. The Alabama at Ole Miss game on Saturday has been moved from 5 o'clock to 6.30 central time. That's a good thing for Arkansas fans because you play Ole Miss next. And now, Average college football game is three hours and 24 minutes, so now you can watch the full Arkansas game starting at three and then tune into the Alabama Ole Miss game. It's good for you. It worked out for Arkansas. It's a good thing to have things work out like that. The Missouri-LSU game has, however, been moved. It was to be played in Baton Rouge. Obviously, you got to get out of there, and it has been moved to Columbia, Missouri. I don't know how that will impact Missouri and LSU's future games. I mean, it seems like if you're Missouri and then you got to flip around and go to LSU next year to even it out, it seems like you kind of got screwed on that deal. So that's where things are. All right, everybody. I want to go to Nathan King with Auburn Undercover and inside the Auburn Tigers. Let me get him on the horn. Nathan's got an Orlando number, he's new to the Rivals Network. He's not a one pickup guy. Hello, hello. How's it going? What's up, Nathan? I was just introducing you to our listeners. Uh, This is, again, Nathan King. He's uh, a new guy on the beat uh, at Auburn Undercover and inside the Auburn Tigers and uh, does a great job. I've read some of your stuff that you put out so far. Did a five-questions exchange with us earlier, and uh, we're really glad to have you on. Good to have you in the uh, 24-7 Sports Network, Nathan.
2: Well, thanks for that, Trey. I've, I've had a, a warm welcome from everybody uh, on the team, so that's been really, really nice. And uh, yeah, I'll have your, your side of the five questions. I was reading mine last night, um, and some of your board posts are saying they're really looking forward to yours. So uh, that'll be <laughs> up at Auburn Undercover uh, yeah. later today, probably within the next hour or so, so tell them, uh, tell them to be on the lookout for that.
1: Yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, I'm going to get bashed I'm sure on your board um, you probably I think maybe a couple people thought that you were arrogant or something you know and it's always like oh he, he's not giving us the respect we deserve and stuff like that but these five question things do really well and um, yours was really great and uh, uh, really provided a lot of insight so I kind of want to I want to jump into some of those things uh, with you okay picture this it's
3: Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: So the first uh, – the first one of the first things I asked you was, um, you know, just about uh, Auburn's total offense this season, Georgia. You know, what, what do you think is the cause for, for Auburn only averaging 270 yards per game? And, um, I mean, obviously you played – you know, Ar- Auburn played Georgia. They've got a new coordinator. You know, the offensive line, there's questions there. So what, what all is, is contributing to Auburn's slow start on offense?
2: Yeah, I think it probably you, – you hit it mostly on the head. It's probably threefold the way I look at it. Um, everything right now goes back to the offensive line. Um, and that's not just been that's not just people picking on a position group. Um, that was a group that was expected to struggle. I and mean, then you're replacing like – you, like you noted, there were so many guys that – and you had a couple guys drafted, a guy with a ton of starts from last year. You know, whether they were good or not, um, you know, experience is really big, especially up front on the offensive line. And then you play a team like Georgia – Um, that's just littered with NFL talent along their defensive front. Mm -hmm. And so not a lot of people expected that to go very well, um, but I think it went even worse probably than some people thought. Um, Yeah, that's I mean, against Kentucky, they didn't really rack up the total yardage because they were winning with defense in the second half. Um, Bo Nix made a few good throws down the field, and then they were done. That was pretty much it. They they had won the game, and they wanted to just get away without turning the ball over. Um, But I think one of the other biggest factors is playing Georgia. Mm -hmm. I mean, right, that's the best defense I've seen in the country this season. I know with S&P Plus, they're the most efficient defense in the country right now. I don't think a bunch of people are going to be really efficient against them. I know they, they did a good job of shutting down Arkansas in the second half when they played them, but I mean, Bo Nix in the offensive line didn't perform very well. And, uh, and I'll, I'll probably circle back to the O-line about a million times in this interview, but um, until they get that figured out, until they can solidify five guys because they're rotating right now, until they can get some chemistry there and really start to get some push to protect Nix, Um, and to create some holes in the ground game, it's going to be tough sledding. And and that might not change this weekend against Arkansas because it's going to be a game where you probably won't see him passing the ball so much because of the
1: rain. Who do you think that favors? And also with Bo Nix, I mean, watching the game against Georgia, it looked like he probably saved five sacks or so just from his elusiveness. He kind of reminds me in some ways, maybe not quite as elusive as Johnny Manziel was, but kind of reminds me in some ways uh, to Johnny Manziel. But, how do you think this weather is going to impact you know, both Auburn and Arkansas and, and, and Bo Nix? What, what can he bring to the table in, in terms of if it is a, a wet game?
2: Yeah, I will say that that is something that I don't think Bo Nix gets enough credit for. Um, Auburn had a game a few years ago at Clemson where their offensive line was just absolutely battered by all those great players. The Clemson Jarrett Stidham was sacked 11 times in the game. Um, and you're never going to see that happen to Bo Nix just because he's really slippery, like you said. Um, he's able to keep some plays alive, and I think that's probably what Auburn is hanging its hat on right now, um, in terms of what happened in that Georgia game. Now, I honestly don't know who this favors when we're talking about the rain. I know Arkansas has had some issues on the ground um, of its own in the past few games, um, and they, you know, obviously are not playing up to the standard in that regard that they want to this season. Um, and Auburn's been pretty bad in its own regard. I mean, they haven't had 100 yards rushing in a game yet. Like I said before, the O line is not creating a lot of push. I think Arkansas probably is the more excited team for this. I think if you're Auburn, your back is against the wall. There's a lot of pressure on you, you know, right now to, to bounce back from that Georgia game, especially on offense, whereas Arkansas feels like like we were talking about, you know, they're on top of the world. I know everything's not perfect there, but they're feeling really, really great. Um, I know the players had some great funny quotes this week about playing in the rain. I mean, it's just it's something that you can just tell Arkansas has got a lot of energy and they're really excited for um, so Auburn certainly can't take them lightly in the trenches because they're going to be looking to punch Auburn in the mouth because they're uh,
1: really fired up for this one. Yeah, I think that's something that 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 play a role into this game because whether and I was mentioning this earlier, but is there is there some type of division or, you know, in in the Auburn locker room? Or is that just something that the fans are kind of creating? Because, you know, obviously it's fun to look over it. It's one of the good things about 24-7 Sports Network. You can peek into the, all the other message board sites, uh, the VIP sites. But it does look like there is – and it's it's coming out after a loss, obviously. But it does seem like there's a lot of negativity right now surrounding Auburn. And, you know, we're very familiar with that over on Arkansas because that's how it's been the last few years. Is, is that the sense that you're getting, you know, maybe from the team, that there's some negativity, division? Uh, no, not not really. Actually,
4: probably not at all. Not even mm-hmm. really any that I can think of. Um, you know, just welcome to Auburn message boards after Gus Melzahn
2: loses the game. That's yeah. pretty much uh, That's pretty much how that goes. No, I mean, the team has seen losses like this before. Uh, Bo Nix, like we were talking about, he, he didn't perform very well on the road last year. And there were a few games, notably against Florida and against LSU, almost against Oregon before he made that big throw, where the defense played so well down the stretch, they adjusted in the second half, um, and Kevin Steele's group just kept playing their hearts out, and Albert's offense absolutely could not get anything going. And so what's going to happen? The fans are going to pin that on the quote-unquote offensive guru Gus Malzahn. Mm-hmm. Now, like we talked about, there are a lot more issues right now than just play-calling Um, And just game planning, in my opinion, it goes back to the offensive line in a really big way. But at the same time, like you know, the guy that Arkansas fans are very familiar with and Chad Morris, he's still breaking in his system over here. He and Bo Nix didn't have spring practice together. They don't know each other super well. And then Bo would even tell you himself, he told all of us after the game, I didn't play well out there. He said that he made a lot of bad mistakes. And look, he wasn't his best version of himself Mm -hmm. in the game. He had some bad throws. Granted, he was running for his life, but he Mm -hmm. still had some pretty bad plays out there. So I, I wouldn't say there's there's any division in the locker room. Um, this is a team that plays hard for Gus Malzahn. Um, all these players really love and respect him, and, and this mm. is a really tight-knit coaching staff, actually. They they all have a really good relationship with all the players, and, and this is a staff that's been together for the most part for a few years, and, and it's really tight-knit. So, again, this isn't the first loss like this. It's happened a bunch in the last few years. Um, and they always seem to recover from it pretty well in the games that follow. So I don't think uh, I don't think there's much panic on the team right now. Probably just on the depth board.
1: That's kind of kind of what I I, I had assumed, <laughs> you know, was going on. But you know, it's amazing how much difference an offensive line can make your offense look. I can remember I always point to this. I was watching ESPN one day and. They've got Justin Fields, and they're doing this graphic, and they're going, look at his patience. Look at how he goes through his progressions, his first progression, second, third, fourth, fifth, and I'm just sitting there counting. I'm like, this guy's got eight seconds to throw the ball. He's just (laughs) standing there. Of course he looks mature and poised in the pocket. It makes a big difference. So, uh, Nathan, I want to get you out with this one just – Kind of how do you see this one playing out? The line is uh, Auburn favored by 14 points. Obviously, there could be a lot of variables involved, with it's raining and, and whatnot. Uh, but there's obviously going to be a lot of emotion. There always is when you get Gus on, you know, his alma mater, or I guess one of his alma maters is Arkansas, it was a former player there, former coach, Chad Morris, that impact, all the players that played for him. I mean, there's so many underlying storylines with this. How do you see this one playing out on Saturday? Do you think it'll be a little closer than the expert think, or what do you think?
2: I do think it'll be closer. Yeah, I, I, right now I think I've probably only got Auburn winning by about a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly what, what score prediction I put in yours, but, no, I mean, there's a lot going on with Auburn, more than just them not performing well against Georgia. They have a ton of injuries right now. Um, and to a lot of key players, they could be out four or five starters um, in this game. We'll have to see how many – How many of those injuries are more serious? How many of them are just guys getting banged up? But we're talking about wide receivers, Mm -hmm. um, Auburn's right tackle, linebackers, cornerbacks. um, The starting running back was out last week. So, I mean, this is not necessarily Auburn at full strength. And we haven't seen Auburn at full strength yet because Smoke Monday, the starting safety, was ejected against Georgia. Mm -hmm. Their starting Ed Drusher was ejected against Kentucky. And then they've had so many injuries. And it's so frustrating for Auburn because they've navigated COVID so well they haven't had a case in over a month on the team and so you think you're going to be full strength in that regard and all of a sudden guys start getting dinged up so I think that's another factor that's going to have Arkansas close in this game um well, big one is obviously the rain I think both teams are going to have to ground their passing attacks um and try to win on the try to win in the trenches which is scary for Auburn fans to think about because of how poor their performance has been um up front so far but I just think pro- Auburn probably outmatches Arkansas um, at a bunch of talent positions, I think Auburn has a lot of skill position talent, even if some of those players are out with injuries. And then the big thing is that Bo Nicks performs so well at home. Routinely, he still gets an interception in Jordan Hare Stadium. Um, his passing efficiency just skyrockets whenever he's at home.
1: Yeah, so I noticed, I, I, I I noticed that in your in your report. It's uh, yeah, when he's at home, he uh, he 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 plays lights out.
2: Right, he's had all these tough games away from home against really good defenses, but then. Last year, he almost won the Georgia game at home single-handedly, and then he obviously won the Iron Bowl at home. Made some really good throws in that game. So mm-hmm. I think he'll be more comfortable. Auburn is going to be really, really glad to be um, in front of its home crowd, albeit a small home crowd. But um, they're still going to be really happy to have that comfort level. I don't see Auburn losing this game, but at the same time, Arkansas has been a lot more impressive than a lot of people thought they would be this year. Uh, so I think the Hogs will keep it close. So I'll probably take Auburn uh, by a touchdown in this one.
1: All right, Nathan. Appreciate you joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. All right. Thanks, Nathan. All right, that's Nathan King with Inside the Auburn Tigers and Auburn Undercover. Uh, does a great job. Again, he's a newer guy to our network, but really impressed with some of the content that he's put out. Um, it makes a good point about Bo Nix playing at home. He has been exceptional at home, and Gus Malzahn, when his back has been against the wall, has really come out swinging. And he kind of puts a bed you know, some of the, the thought, cause I have seen some stuff, some, from some, you know, Auburn inside poster and stuff on their message board about, you know, division and all that stuff. And, uh, and he kind of put that to bed there also. All right. We're going to go straight over to Kurt Wilkerson. For those who don't follow Kurt Wilkerson, you can at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. And he's been with us for a few months now and has just, I mean, he turns out so much great content and does a really great job, and we'll just wait until basketball season gets here because he really knows his stuff in that area. What's hey, up, Kurt. Kurt? How you doing, man? I'm doing real good. How are you? I was just giving you a glowing recommendation on following you on Twitter and I love uh, it. All, <laughs> all your all your background and everything. So, Kurt, I was just talking with Nathan King, and and he feels that this one's going to be a little bit closer than maybe what the experts think. Um, there's so many variables, so many factors with the emotion of Chad Morris and Auburn versus, you know, Gus Malzon in Arkansas, all those storylines and stuff. I wanted to ask you before we get to some other stuff, how do you think this one is going to play out based on, um, just based on all those storylines and the emotion that could play into it and then just general talent?
3: Yeah, I mean, what are, you're right about the storylines. You can't ask for anything better, I think. Arkansas fans and and probably a lot of the players have had this one circled for a while and you know coming into the season if you thought Arkansas had a chance to win this game uh I might have called you crazy but after two weeks you know I I'm not necessarily going to say that I think they're going to win the game here but uh that gap is definitely closed a lot more than I expected it to uh really interesting to be following the weather this week you know two teams that have really struggled to get things going on the ground and they might have to really rely on that if we have you know some high winds and rain and things like that uh it's going to be very interesting to to see the Chad Morris offense against the Arkansas defense so uh you know I do expect probably a a fairly low scoring game and I I think it's going to be a lot tighter than people anticipated I think the line is what, 14 or 15 now? And I, I think it's going to be quite a bit closer than that, personally.
1: I think what it ultimately comes down to is Auburn overall is a more talented team. Now, the sloppy track is going to favor the underdog, now, if it is indeed sloppy or damp or whatever. But that should favor Arkansas. I do think that Auburn has a speed advantage. I mean, they've got they've got a wide receiver. I mean, that kid runs a 10 flat 100 meters. I mean, um, so they've got some speed. I wonder about Arkansas. So that should, that should help. But I wonder also – you know, if Rakeem Boyd isn't able to go. And we just heard about some of the Auburn injuries. But Arkansas is also kind of limping into this game too. You know, is Traylon Burke's going to be ready? Monteric Brown, the two defensive ends. Uh, and Rakeem Boyd, because Traylon Smith has a lot of ability as a running back, but he's a juke, spin guy, you know, make you miss type of guy. I mean, he's got some power, but he's – I mean, what, he's not even 190 pounds. Rakeem is not huge, but he can run downhill. And he's got that straight-ahead speed, which I think would – you know, be better suited for a sloppy field so you're not slipping around all over the place. But at the same time, maybe it makes Auburn defenders slip. Who knows? I, you know, who knows how this thing plays out with the weather. But Arkansas is also kind of limping into this game with, with uh, several injuries also. So it, it's on both sides. But I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think that when it all comes down to it, this thing probably be decided by who's got more talent and who's the home team. And in this one, that one's Auburn. So, but I'm not saying Arkansas can't win the game. I mean, they're certainly due for one against Auburn. But, and it's a different team. I mean, look at Mississippi State last year. Mississippi State, the last two years, has just beaten the snot out of Arkansas. Put up like 50 points on them each time. And uh, and then you fast forward to this year, and they only put up 14. I mean, it just, it just goes to show what a different, you know, change in culture, change in coaching staff can do for a program.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, you take a look at the last four years in the series, and, uh, I did the math. I don't have in front of me, but Auburn's won those games on average by nearly 40 points. I think it's just a shade under 40 points, and that's that's ridiculous. I mean, mm. you're you're both SEC West teams, so um, I definitely think that gap is closed. I think you brought up a really good point about the two running backs. You know, another thing I'll add on Traylon Smith to what you were saying about just him being so shifty and and with the spins and the jukes and things like that. You know, one of the things that kind of cost him carries at Arizona State was put the ball on the ground. And so you wonder how that's going to impact him, you know, with a wet ball and things like that. And then, you know, with the injuries to your two biggest playmakers and your team, Boyd and Traylon Burks, you know, hopefully those guys are able to get out there and play. But, you know, both of them have lower body injuries. And if you get them out there in, in wet, slippery conditions, you just wonder about how effective they're going to be able
4: to be for sure.
1: So we always do uh, five burning questions, and we've pretty much gone over those in a roundabout way, not directly, but in a roundabout way. But the keys to victory are always the same in this one. Um, You know, people always come up with keys to victory, but it's always going to come down to penalties. It's always going to come down to turnovers. Always special teams are going to play a huge role. Injuries slash COVID-19, that's going to be a big part of it. Obviously, we talked about that. Uh, And you have a bonus key that we always add. So we always have those four keys. But you also have unlikely heroes. And last week, Deveon Warren was probably an unlikely hero. Maybe Joe Fouché, considering that he didn't start. Greg Brooks, I don't know that a lot of people had them as their, you know, in our poll question, which we do is a very popular story. We do 10 poll questions. Very few people had Deveon Warren or uh, I may not even listed Deveon as an option uh, or Joe Fouché as, as uh, as the options there. But you make a good point here with the unlikely heroes. Who are And I think Joe Fouché made a good point. You know, he said – he basically was saying they're going to shut down Auburn's receivers, so they got to throw the ball to somebody else. So, who's if that, if that holds true, who's their unlikely heroes? So, that's a good key there for your last one.
3: Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, you know, with all of the, the injuries, you know, and the speculation around who's going to play and who's not. Uh, you know, really in any given game, there's always someone who you don't expect that steps up and has a big impact, but – with, you know, a number of starters that could possibly be out for both teams. You know, somebody's got to step up and fill the gap. And I think, you know, that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier with the depth. And, you know, you think about Auburn possibly being without a guy like K.J. Britt. They're at the linebacker position. Well, they're loaded at linebacker. So they might not be able to throw someone in there, you know, as as good and talented and proven as him, but they're going to have a baller back there. So, uh, you know, I I think in terms of just the overall depth, that might give Auburn a slight advantage there, in my opinion. Uh, But you never know. I I didn't expect Hudson Clark to go out there and play the entire second half and do as well as he did against
1: Mississippi State, but Mm -hmm. he did. So you never know. Kurt, I want to get you out of here real quick. We've got to go to Danny in a couple minutes, but – Basketball, anything going on in basketball recruiting and also a couple of key dates coming up next week on October 13th and October 14th.
3: Yeah, so the, the I'll hit the dates first. On the, the 13th, either the 13th or the 14th, uh, that the NCAA Men's Basketball Committee uh, is going to be making a, a decision or taking a vote, I guess you could say, regarding the eligibility status of these winter athletes. So we know that you all know, the fall sports, football, and things of that nature, are kind of playing with a free year Mm. right now. So the same thing is on the table there for basketball, which will be really interesting, you know, with a much smaller roster and number of scholarships. uh, I just wonder how that would impact, you know, a team like Arkansas who has a number of graduate transfer seniors, but not necessarily guys that are high up on that NBA radar just yet. So that'll be very interesting to see what happens there. And then recruiting tidbits, uh, Jonathan Lawson, uh, out of Memphis, four star guard. He announced his decision last night. He's going to Oregon, uh, committed to Oregon, which was expected. Uh, we had Alex Fudge on the 10th, another top 50 guy. Everything's kind of leaning towards LSU with him. No decision date coming up very soon for Trey Alexander, a name that Arkansas fans are very familiar with, but, uh, a lot, of, a lot of momentum starting to be generated towards Arkansas, and it sounds like it might be turning into uh, a little bit of a battle between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Actually, even though those crystal balls favor Oklahoma, it sounds like it might be a two horse race between Arkansas and Ole Miss, according to our newest edition at Twenty Four Seven Eric Bossy. So mm. uh, that's that's about all we got for basketball right now.
1: All right, Kurt, appreciate you, man. Yep, anytime. All right, that's Kurt Wilkerson again. You can follow Kurt at at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. And uh, does a great job for us um, covering. And again, wait till basketball season start. Guy has a wealth of information in basketball. He's a former NAIA administrator, NAIA player, and NAIA coach, and was an interim head coach for a little bit, too. So we're certainly happy to have Curtis with us at Hog Sports. He brings up an interesting point also about getting that year back for basketball, because football, too, with Sam Pittman, you know, he said last night on his radio show that people, he was asked about recruiting, so I'm trying to recruit seniors back. You know, and how big a role could that play for some teams? Because, you know, you've got a program like Alabama, for example. Alabama, you know, generally those players leave early. You know, if they're good, they're going to leave as juniors, you know. Uh, For Arkansas, they don't have quite the same number of players. So you might be able to make up a little bit for some talent gap with – Experience. If you can bring back a senior, well, I mean, what if Dorian Gerald were to come back? He says he's, you know, he said earlier he's probably not, but who knows how things work out. You know, what about, you know, Myron Cunningham? Maybe he doesn't like where he is on the draft soccer. You know, even Rakeem Boyd, I can't see that one happening. But, you know, there's all kinds of possibilities like that with seniors that can return for another year of eligibility after this one. So something to think about. All right, we're going to go to Danny West. I know a lot of you people have been waiting for Danny. Danny does a great job. Covering recruiting for Hog Sports, you can follow him at Danny West one on Twitter. And uh, Danny's been with us for over a decade and just does a tremendous job. We'll see what he thinks about this game. Trey Biddy. Arkansas going to win, Danny?
4: <laughs> I'm liking it. I'm not loving it. <laughs> you, you,
1: you, 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 you might buy it and you might not?
4: I'm, I'm telling you, Trey, I'm close. What I tell you and Curtis last night, I said I'm going into the prediction story. And I'm mm. gonna make my prediction now, and here we are about 12 hours later, and I still haven't made it. <laughs> Just sitting there, I type it out a little bit, you know, and hit the delete button, and think, Ah, come on, Danny, think now you, about it now.
1: You had it's an true. inside source last week, and you told him, you know, what you were gonna predict for Arkansas, and they told you, don't, don't do it, don't yeah. run that, don't run that prediction, because you predict Arkansas to lose to Mississippi State, and they said, don't do it.
4: Yeah, I'm kind of waiting on that source. To get back with me on this, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let me know so, what he says. He or You're she, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. So, Danny, um, obviously, this is an interesting one with Chad Morris, the you know being on the other side. Just, what are your thoughts? Your general thoughts on this matchup, and I guess the underlying storylines that are, I mean, you call them underlying, but they're they're out in front really in a lot sure. of ways. Yeah,
4: yeah, man. I mean, like I said, there. You know, the more I think about this game, it kind of. I'm not sure how much of a UFC fighter. Uh, Follow where you might be a little bit i don't know a, a little bit so you're familiar with dana white and
1: yeah and his,
4: I, I his like way of promoting yeah right so i i got into it a little bit throughout uh you know quarantine and whatnot and the thing i kept noticing about dana white was uh, no matter what the fight was he was going to boost it up and say i promise you if you watch this fight it's going to be worth your money mm-hmm. right every single fight right that's how i feel about this one, man it, it just shapes up like absolutely going to be a dog fight and well worth your time and money to watch so i don't think it's going to uh disappoint in any way it's almost funny to me you know you sit back and look at vegas what they've got it marked as Mm -hmm. you think man what am i missing here well what do they see that i'm not seeing i don't know man i just i think uh you look at the two offenses so similar so far the struggles on first and third down you know even stuff as simple as uh Second half rushing average for mm-hmm. both teams—it's absolutely matched. I think it's 1.975 or something for both teams, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, that's kind of where they both—you know—they hang their hat on on defense so far. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm sitting here talking about their defense, I look up and don't know if you've mentioned it yet, but KJ Britt is having surgery on Friday now. Yeah. I just saw that come across. So. Um, Standout you know, linebacker. You, that's probably oh yeah, that's probably
1: Auburn's deepest position, though, so they've, they've got other ones. But he was yeah. a first-team All-SEC linebacker last season.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you mentioned the storylines, the intangibles there. I heard Curtis talking about the weather. I'll tell you this, Trey. You sit back, you throw away all of that, right? Everything mm-hmm. we know about these two teams, and we know a lot about them, mm-hmm. right? Nathan's done a good job with us this week. You throw all of that out the window and just pretend you're a Big Ten writer and you've had nothing to do for the last month except mm-hmm. watch SEC and other teams. And you watched Auburn's two games and you've seen Arkansas's first two games. Who's the better team?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Throw it all away. I think Arkansas has looked like the better team. They have. I'm, I'm not sure that translates into a win mm-hmm. on the road. Against Bo Nicks, but I'm not saying it doesn't either. So I'm really, to answer your question, I'm really struggling with this one. I'll
1: tell I think you, the
4: two teams from a mental standpoint are in—they're in two totally different areas right now. Yeah, with Arkansas being in a better position.
1: I'll tell you, my concern for Arkansas is the off—and and I think it's true on both sides. But there's a crispness—a crispness that's lacking with Arkansas's mm-hmm. – offense right now and it's it's a timing deal you know there have been times where maybe franks hasn't really felt the rush very well or you know anticipated things that's you know coming that that aren't coming you know things like that have happened so you know obviously with time and more repetition that's going to help and i mean we like you can sum a lot of it up you know with how badly they've you know done on the jet sweeps and reverses you know those those plays have just the timing has been has been terrible there so that's a concern and I think overall top to bottom Auburn's a more talented team and they're the home team which would lean me more to to picking them I guess you know Danny I had uh I'm not going to be able to make the Auburn trip I would I'd mention you know that I'm never I'm not sitting in that Auburn press box and watching a game it's you know it's a they put a huge wart on the corner of uh Jordan Hare Stadium a beautiful stadium they put this terrible press box off like it's off of the uh it's, like, basically outside the stadium and behind the, the scoreboards. You can't see the jumbotron. You can't see the replays or anything. It just totally takes you out of the game. It's a terrible spot to watch a game. Uh, but right after that, I had uh, an acquaintance offer me to ride on their private jet down to oh, Auburn yeah. and sit in the stand. And I, haven't sat, I haven't sat in a stand. You know, I'll, I'll, a lot of times – Uh, or I used to do this more, go sit in the stands in the fourth quarter and watch it with, you know, find a a spot and you just kind of take in the the crowd and the the emotion of the crowd. But aside from that, I haven't sat in the stands and watched a full Razorback game in 15, 16 years or so, something like that. I've always been in the press box, 15 years. It took me a while to knock down the door because a long time, they wouldn't allow internet writers in the press box. I was the first person who was an internet only writer to be allowed in the press box at Razorback Stadium but in the last 15 years yeah I haven't watched a game in the stands so I was I was looking forward to that but it got canceled because of weather obviously but man I was thinking that was going to be a hell of a walk and talk coming out of nobody would have expected I wasn't going to say anything nobody would expect me walking out of Uh, Jordan Hare (laughs) stadium doing a walk and talk but uh, you don't want to sit in the rain also yeah it's going to rain yeah probably But anyway, I was still going to go.
4: I wish it rained hard. If they
1: were going to fly, yeah, I wish it rained more. (laughs) All right, Danny. So,
4: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how much I added to this conversation, but that's just (laughs) where I'm at with it, man. This is one of the toughest ones I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, for Arkansas fans, I think that's a good thing.
1: Yep, I agree. All right, Danny, appreciate you you chiming in. All right, that's Danny West again. You can read all of Danny's stuff at hawgsports.com. Most of his content is VIP. Most of his recruiting stuff. The way we work things at Sports, you know, if it's stuff that comes out of a press conference or stuff, you know, that uh, that you can generally get elsewhere, maybe it's even breaking news stuff, stuff that's already happened, then that's generally content that we run for free. And you can, you can read that content at our, you know, our text alerts, uh, you can sign up for that at Hog Sports. Just go to the top right. You'll see the three bars or the three dots, you know, depending on if you're mobile or, or desktop. But you can see where to sign up for text alerts. We'll just send you breaking news text alerts. We don't even send them every day. Maybe maybe a week will go by and there's not a breaking news item to send but when there is you're going to get it delivered directly to your phone there's no charge or anything like that we'll send you a link to you know more information but we'll put we're not going to like tease you hard on it and stuff like that we'll just put the information there if you want to read more you can click it's a great way to stay up to date on breaking razorback news you can also get our free content which which 75% of the content that we send in our newsletter will be free also. We'll sprinkle in a couple of clearly marked VIP items, but 75% of the articles are going to be Razorback news. And we'll also send, you know, breaking news emails. You can cancel both of those anytime you want, but you got to sign up for those. I mean, they're, they're terrific resources uh, to get Razorback content, free Razorback content. But if you're a diehard, if you want the inside information, the inside knowledge, if you want to interact on our VIP uh, message board, the legendary Razor's Rager, legendary Edge Forum. If you want Danny's recruiting scoop, Curtis's basketball recruiting scoop, then you'll want to sign up for our VIP membership. And right now it's two months, as you can clearly see here, two months for $1. That's 1.6 cents a day. 1.6 cents a day to carry you through December probably right up to National Signing Day if they had the National Signing Day. So this is a fantastic deal. I encourage you to go sign up. It's a flash sale. We're just going to run it for a little bit here. Just what, I think we'll end it probably Friday night or something. So not a lot of time. Go sign up, hawgsports.com. You'll see the ad right there. Go sign up for this. Also, before we get to your questions here, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always sign up, or excuse me, you can always follow us, of course, at uh, Facebook, if you haven't followed the page, then go ahead and do so already. This is where we stream all the shows for Hog Sports Live. So if you want to be notified whenever we start streaming the show, then you want to follow the page. Okay, share the content with somebody else you think might like it. Get them to follow the page. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to that channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. And interact. Leave your comments there, and uh, be sure to uh, be sure to uh, share the content there. Also, also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review if you haven't done so already. Available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you think of to find your favorite podcast. But also on Apple Podcasts, if you want to say something nice, we'd love to have that. But we're almost at 500 ratings, and we would love to give that. Right now we're at 5.0, so that's great. We'd love to keep that up, too. So keep throwing us those five-star reviews. We really appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. All right, since I didn't do Facebook questions last time, I'm going to do a few of these here. We got some good ones. I'm not going to read all of them, but we got good ones. Curtis Kendrick says, I figured Mike Woods posted a video on YouTube since we won. Trey, what's your reaction to that? I haven't seen that. I saw that he posted it. I watched Mike Woods' Woodville. Shout out to Woodsville. Woodsville or Woodville? Woodsville, I guess. But he does a good job, Mike Woods. Good to see another guy. Trying to jump in the media a little bit. It's an inside take. Alan Wayne Gill says, our offense is run left, to r- left, run, right pass to the flat when can we open it up a little bit well they did have i mean they they threw deep a couple times they probably didn't throw deep as much as you would like but they did have that 52 yarder on the second possession that was a deep ball um they had the uh, you know they're running that that fake screen so they're playing off of that throwing to the flats they ran that fake screen they scored two touchdowns throwing not deep, but intermediate at least. Uh, They had a deep throw to Devion Warren that was in a lot of traffic and hit him in the chest, hands area. Probably could have caught it. It would have been a tough catch, but that was another deep ball. But so they they have done that, so it's not like they've just totally abandoned it. Shelly Tucker says this should be negative. Let's just hope he is still calling the play Saturday. David Stoffer says, Trey, do you celebrate when the Hogs score while you're at the game? There's no celebrating in the press box. You get thrown out of the press box for celebrating. And there are people that have done that on both sides. But we're in there to work. So it's kind of weird, you know, because there will be a huge play happen, and It's just silence <laughs> in the press box. It's a great great, great way to watch a game if you got a good press box like they have in Fayetteville. But uh, not a lot of emotion in there. John Carr says I only honestly think Ole Miss will be tougher offensively than Auburn defensive wise, defensive vice versa. There's a lot of there's a lot of positive energy in this game for Razorback fans. And you gotta hope it's not like what 2016 where you know Arkansas was an underdog and everybody's like, what are they looking at? And then Auburn just beat the dog out of them. Jonathan Mosley says first defense to blink is gonna lose. Billy Wayne Carter says, I think whoever has the best running game will win the game. That's definitely possible. And, again, that can be determined largely by the offensive line, which I think that's going to be a a huge factor in this game, who wins in the trenches. Brandon Kaiser says, has there been much in-game rotation on the O-line through the first two weeks or the starters playing all the snaps? I didn't notice rotation last game. Now, the first game I did, there were some different guys in there. Now, Auburn has had some rotation. Cole Trim says, how does it work with scholars for seniors who want to return? Do they get go towards your normal allowed portion? So they're going to do something to offset that so where it doesn't impact you because they can't possibly expect you to bring in – I mean, Arkansas has got commitments from like 20 recruits. You can't bring in 20, 25 recruits, have guys come back for their senior year. There's no way you're going to stay under the 85. So they're going to have to do something, whether that's progressively dropping it or something. But it's not fair – to high school recruits to say, okay, you can't. You got to drop the number of recruits you bring in. I mean, that's that's un, that would be really unfortunate for them. I mean, so. Jody M. Shirley says, what's the update on Boyd? There hasn't been any new update really. There has been some people who say he's definitely out for this game. Behind the scenes, there's been nothing concrete on it. Sam Pittman's mentioned Monteric Brown, Traylon Burks, Rakeem Boyd. Hope to get two of the three back, maybe three of the three. That's kind of how he put it. I have heard good things that, you know, Burks will probably be back. And I don't know him on I don't know if it was a concussion that he had or if he jammed his neck up or not. But we'll see. They could really use Boyd. Boyd, if it's wet and damp, I mean, having Boyd back would be key. Sharon Shope says our defense looks way better than last year. We got the best defensive coach. It does look better, no question about it. Karen Ryan Gomer says, assuming we are going to run more this game, do you see any Wildcat stuff? I mean, I guess it depends if Burks is healthy, but we haven't seen Wildcat. I think this might be a good game to run Burks because he is 230 pounds. You know, if especially if Boyd isn't able to go, it wouldn't be bad to have somebody back here who's a you know a downhill type of guy. So maybe it's possible that you could see him. Randall Lewis says, who is the Hog running back this week? If it's not Boyd, it'll be Traylon Smith. Jason Dunlap says, I believe the Hogs' D has a great chance of controlling Auburn's O-line. Could change the whole game. Yes. It's going to be a big part of it. And, again, it's just weird. You know, Auburn is around all that talent, they just have not recruited extremely well in the offensive line. They did just lose five starters. Now, two of those guys, I believe, were defensive tackles also, two of the seniors – Three of them from the 2015 recruiting class, I think. Jeremy Livingston says, not saying Arkansas has the best middle linebacker in the league, but he's definitely one of them. He's a, actually a well linebacker. Bumperpool is going to be a problem for, uh, for any offense. Yeah, he's done really well. And, and it's not that, like, you didn't think that maybe Grant Morgan or Bumperpool were going to be good, it's just about what happens when they have to come out, you know. It gets scary to me after that at, at linebacker. So I'm not terribly surprised that those two guys have played well. It's just after them, you know. We haven't seen a lot of Levi Draper, obviously. You know, he was a guy that people thought could come in and push for a starting job. We saw a little bit of, you know, Hayden Henry last week and saw a little bit of uh, of uh, Andrew Parker last week, so – but really, it's just been Grant and Bumper, and you're playing those guys really too many snaps overall, in my opinion. And it's going to come back and bite you, unfortunately. You got it. You got to get those linebackers some rest. How similar do you think the offensive coordinator plays are going from one team to another? I mean, they they're going to have similar schemes. I mean, they definitely are. It's been a little bit different. I mean, Kendall Browse does a lot does a lot of the similar things, like. You know, if you watch the the Kansas City Chiefs, there's a lot of things in terms of, like, how they do motion and stuff like that um, that you see with the Chiefs. Grayson Riser says, can the offense get in a rhythm this week? Sure hope so. We'll see. I mean, time, <laughs> time is, a, is a good thing. Get some more work. I mean, I think that's they've definitely lacked, lacked polish so far. Any chance Franks or Boyd come back if they don't have a really good season? I think it would be hard for Boyd to come back. Um, Franks, too. I think it, it's possible, but I wouldn't count on it. Do I see the defense getting tired again uh, by Chase Hogan-Jones with a wet game Auburn's, Auburn's going to run a lot? It's a good point. It's possible. Arkansas isn't as deep, you know, I mean – they're, they're actually okay on the defensive line. If they get Dorian Gerald and Joyce Coates back, they'll be fairly deep, I would say. Secondary, I mean, they played a lot of guys. Linebacker's a question. Here's a 17-3 pick by John Allison, John Ellison. Arkansas wins 17-3. Nick Granberry says, do I like the dislike the Auburn press box or Chad Morris more? I don't dislike Chad as a person. I think he's a good guy. I just think that he just took the wrong approach in Fayetteville and it bit him hard. I don't think the players respected him and wanted to play for him. Same thing with John Chavis. I mean, John Chavis was just—he was just terrible. Did the—he did the absolute minimum at Arkansas. It's a shame. Really, a black eye on his career, and he earned it himself. Logan Murray says, As Traylon Burks plays and it's a wet game, you see Browse trying to get him involved in the rushing game? I think we talked about that a little bit, possibly in the Wildcat. How is going to a press conference without Chad Morris there? <laughs> it's nicer. I mean, Pittman, Pittman will not answer some things sometimes too, but he'll tell you he's not going to answer them. I mean, he won't just dance around it and play games and stuff. It was just – it's a lot better. What's the over-under, says Matthew Philpot. What's the over-under on how many times Chad says at home in his post-game press conference after the loss? He probably won't be. I don't think they'll make the coordinator available. He isn't the head coach, remember. James Matthew Nolan says, are we ranked if we win? Yes, Arkansas will be ranked if they win. I think so. I think that's what will happen. All right, I'm going to pop over to the Razor's Edge premium form. I know we've got a few questions over there. Let's get over there. Come on now. Here we go. We got a lot of questions here. A lot of questions, maybe a lot of comments. Sam Pigman says, There will be there was a time not too long ago that hard fought games would count as moral victories. Does that still hold true now that we have a real W? What happened to the locker room if Auburn beats us in a close one? that's a good question i mean you have to see how they bounce back you know this is a team that's overall inexperienced but yeah moral victories there's a time where it started to feel like a win if you got one (laughs) i mean that's how bad it got but no no more moral victories are allowed um but yeah i mean handle a loss handle a win all those things are, are question marks absolutely you know this is crazy this series was 11-10 and 1 in Auburn's favor before 7 years ago when Chad and uh, Gus Malzon got the head coaching job there and he's gone 6 and 1 7 12 and 1 now 17 12 and 1 Do you think the team can handle success pretty much what I, I just talked about there who has more of an advantage Barry Odom and his defense having gone against Chad's offense regularly in practice or Chad having gone against the defense I think the it's the numbers I think you have more players having gone against it. and Barry Odom you know, they faced Chad Morris twice at Missouri, so kind of know what he's going to do. I guess. Do you think this team will come out flat because their head? I don't. I don't get a sense that they're flat now, and their heads are in the cloud. I don't. I don't think that they're going to let them rip. row. <laughs> you have to tell me how to say your name, rip-ero. Um, But I don't think they are going to. I think there's a lot of confidence. Just is it overconfidence? You know that kind of stuff. It's still unknown how, how they handle it well or, or not. Hog fan in KC16 says, over under an amount of times that the announcers mention been to Chad Morris as the coach. Drink every time they say it. <laughs> rippiero says, can the offense put together a good opening drive? Do you think they'll continue to start slow? They've gone three and out the last two games. So, I'm going to say odds are they pick up a first down or two this one. I don't know if they'll get points or not, but... It's about time that they picked up. They can't. Surely they're not going to go three and out three games in a row to open the game. D slice says which team gets more rush yards on the board at the end of the game. I think Arkansas can. You know, I mean, you get in trouble comparing scores and stuff, but it's still fun to do. And Arkansas held Georgia better in the run game and rushed for more yards against Georgia than Auburn did on both sides. So. I'll go with Arkansas getting more rush yards. Which Bo Nix do they see on Saturday? I think that, I mean, just based on his history, he has certainly played better at home than he has on the way on the road. So, I think you probably see good Bo Nix. Okay, Bo Nix. Good enough, Bo Nix. I mean, I'm probably going to pick an Auburn, as I said. You know, I think it all comes down to, you know, just the overall talent in the home team, and that's Auburn. Hog Nation 9 says, what do you think our main issues are with not being able to run the ball? I mean, first of all, facing Georgia has been a trouble, and secondly, not having Rakeem Boyd in the second game. I mean, and the offensive line isn't great. I mean, they're probably subpar, man-to-man overall. They're probably subpar in this conference. Any insight, says 19 Hog 96. Any any insight on the defensive scheme this week? Are we more likely to see some more – absolutely going to see more four-man, maybe some bear. Absolutely, you can't go three two six like they did. Literally every single play, you can't do that against Auburn. Hog Nation Nine says, Do you see the up tempo veer shoot being effective in the up in the SEC? I just think it works a lot better in the past. Happy Big Twelve, who can stop the run without stacking the box? We saw that Georgia stop the run. I think it remains to be seen if it's going to work. I mean, we know that. Kendall Browse is going to run want to run the ball. His offense is when they've been at their best. They, they produce more rushing yards than passing yards, actually. But we'll see. I mean, it's just an unknown right now. If Arkansas wins Saturday, does Malzahn get fired? If it's not COVID-19, then yes. I think COVID-19 is going to cause some schools to have to stick with a coach maybe longer than they want to, but – I mean, Auburn fans are fickle. <laughs> I mean, they fired Terry Bowden, who won 11 games and went 11 and 0. They fired uh, uh, Tommy Tuberville, who went 13 and 0 one year. They fired Gene Chizik, who went 14 and 0 one year. <laughs> I mean, they don't put up. They have certainly high expectations, and maybe a little higher expectations than they're capable of putting together year after year. I mean, that's not a slam on Auburn, but I mean, they expect national championships seems like they're fans every single year, and that's just not its not realistic. But if it's not COVID-19 and they lost to Auburn, especially if they lost bad at home, then, I mean, there would be definitely some people caught. I mean, it would be after the game, but it would definitely – I mean, to me, I kind of thought going into the season, he needed to get to the SEC championship game to avoid it. So we'll see. Hog Nation I says, "What's Felipe's record against Auburn?" Saw it in another thread and got curious myself. I'm not sure has he faced Auburn. That's something to look up. I don't, I can't look it up right now, but I'm not even sure that he's faced Auburn at Florida. RPT says, "Any chance we see a shakeup in the interior offensive line, more specifically Clary at the guard spot? It's, it's possible Clary has not played yet, so it's we could possibly see some movement there. I don't." I don't think so, but it's possible. It's a good point, RPT. ESPN-FBI for Auburn game, reasonable or disrespectful? I mean, it's 80-something percent, 89 percent that they favor Auburn by. It's hard to say that Arkansas deserved respect just yet. I know they won a game, but it's one game. To me, they hadn't really done anything yet in terms of like – I mean, Auburn is an upper-tier SEC team. Mississippi State is not. You know, they may be playing better. They may have knocked off LSU, but – Again, you know, there's a good point on by one of the posters on the Razor's Edge, you know, you can anybody can win one game. You know, so let's see them string something together. Is it is it realistic for Arkansas to expect after losing 20 straight games to win two in a row? They did it in 2016, 2014, excuse me. They beat LSU 17 to nothing to break its 17-game losing streak. And the next week they won 30-0 against Ole Miss. Both home games, though. These would be two road games back-to-back. That would be more impressive even. Gibby 6996 says the percentage of rain at Jordan-Hare this weekend is higher than the percentage of offense horses <laughs> installed. <laughs> Zing. Ben Strossi says if we win this game, what does the rest of our season look like as far as pregame predictions? I mean, if they win this game, everybody should redo, I think. Redo your preseason predictions. What's the answer at running back behind Traylon Smith without Boyd? Probably be Amonte Spivey in this one. I saw Dominic Johnson play in the last one, but I don't know that Amon, uh, Amonte was available. But Dominic Johnson got in for at least one snap last weekend. So it would be Amante probably and then Dominic. Pill Pusher, 63. If we win, will you commit to mentioning Chad Morris in Western Kentucky at least five times in each Hogsports Live through the end of the season? <laughs> sure. Maybe not. There's a running poll about how many times I'll mention the Western Kentucky game and Chad Morris on Hog Sports. All right, everybody, if you haven't signed up for Hog Sports, it's a great time to do it. Two months for a dollar. Come on. What can you get for 1.6 cents? I mean, maybe in the Great Depression, you could have gotten penny candies. That's a line off of Grapes of Wrath. But you're not getting mu- much for 1.6 cents. But at Hog Sports, you're going to get insider Razorback coverage, recruiting. I mean, and we are active. We're going to churn out, you know, anywhere from six to ten articles a day, not including all the articles you get from the national network and all the articles you get from our recruiting team, um, you know, and also other sites like Auburn, which provide great insight on upcoming opponents. You can check out Auburn message boards that are VIP and see what is going on over there. Of course, our legendary Razor's Edge VIP forum. ton of great content. Danny West, Curtis Wilkerson, All the stuff that I like to think that I provide as well, uh, again, is just $1 for two months. Fantastic deal, and it's just for a limited time, so sign up if you haven't done so. All right, everybody. I want to thank uh, everybody for joining us. Nathan King with Inside the Auburn Tigers and Auburn Undercover, Curtis Wilkerson, Danny West. Appreciate you guys for your questions on Facebook. Thanks for your questions on the Razor's Edge VIP Forum. Thank you to all of our VIP subscribers who are with us now. A lot of you guys signed up on deals like this and have stuck with us over the years. And I certainly appreciate all of you guys because we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you. So, thank you. Join those guys. Be like those guys. You'll be happy you did. All right, everybody. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com for your Arkansas at Auburn Primer. And we'll catch you after the game.